If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast. I'm Nicole Trich-Steinbach, your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. I serve women all over the world to earn more money, create more opportunities, and thrive in the tech industry because tech needs all of us. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, brave people. This week, I'm talking to a fellow entrepreneur in the tech space, and I am super jazzed. Lona and I have known each other for 13 or 14 years, and you can really hear it in the warmth of our conversation. Lona is a former executive, and she is originally from Denmark. Her family is super global, and she now lives in Germany, which is where we got to know each other. Lona shares a lot about her journey and her startup co-working space in gorgeous Heidelberg, Germany. The biggest takeaways for me from this conversation that you are just going to love is the beauty of following our brave calling, how we choose to show up. And in Lona's, oh my gosh, she's going to share in this conversation. But in Lona's case, it literally meant turning on the lights every day during the really extraordinary lockdowns that took place in Germany. And last and never least, and I have carried this inspiration forward since Lona and I spoke in June of 2021, and this is being published in the fall of 2021, the generational power of how we show up for our children, for our nieces and nephews, and for everyone who follows in our footsteps. There is so much warmth and connection and inspiration for living a life you love in this conversation. So let's dive into that conversation right now. Super excited to share. Lona with you today. 
her brave story, her brave role model. Now we've known each other for a really long time. Oh my and God. I know, right? So our babies are like mine is turning 10. I know. Mine 13. It's been too long. Oh, it's been <laughs> very grateful for the babies. Now, are you already shorter than one of yours? If I'm what? Shorter? You, mm -hmm. uh, no, we're getting in eye contact now. She is, it's probably a matter of a few months. Then she's, yeah, then she's looking down on me. But I normally put high heels on like 24-7 <laughs> <laughs> just to outnumber her. <laughs> yeah, my, my almost 10-year-old, he's at my shoulder. He's properly at my shoulder now when they're like, this isn't fair. One of the things I say is, you know, my job is to raise a well-adjusted or adjusted, polite member of society that who's an adult, right? Like that's my, that's my job to help create a world that's good enough for you, but also make sure that you are good enough for the world. And the other day he looks at me and he goes, and then you tell me to stop growing. <laughs> Like, well, I know where you got that tongue from. It's from yeah, me. <laughs> I know. Well, that's a sentence I say a lot as well, especially to my son. Right? It's it's a cute age, and yeah. they still find us like the most beautiful, perfect woman in the world. So I yes. guess we're counting the weeks until that will change. But anyway, <laughs> it'll never change because I'll always believe it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So you have had such an incredible life. I know a good bit about you and your studies, where you started, your career moves, some pretty darn dynamic career moves, some that were gifted to you and some you chose, your amazing husband and your international world. I'm so excited to discover which of your brave stories you're choosing to share. <laughs> Just thinking about this. So without further ado, yeah, let us know. I will. Well, thank you. I was, well, Nicole, you came and visited me last week. Yes. As always, you leave this energy in the room, which kind of had the, the waves still going on in the room after you left. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really appreciated that you took the time to stop mm. by. I know we have been keeping contact for such a long time even yeah. as, as you went abroad and I still sticked around in Heidelberg. And then obviously I started thinking about kind of my bravery story and it's, it's difficult to put a, a, I guess, a finger on which one means the most, uh, but something triggered out at our, mm. I, I think our conversation. We've both been in, in great companies. One of the companies we were in the same yeah. one, but I guess my, my story is, is I guess about being brave enough to to face facts. <laughs> <laughs> like many, yes! many years in these great companies, obviously you get a lot of opportunities, you build all these skills and a great career and very seldom, I guess, because you have so much going on on the same thing and the same time, you seldom have the time to just stop and think about, wait, am I, am I still doing what it is that I want to do? And it does this feel right because you're just in this, 
I don't know, is it treadmill of English on English? Yeah. yeah. So you just yeah. right, you're just yeah. trying hamster wheel. Hamster wheel. You're just trying to survive mm -hmm. almost through throughout weeks and months. But I had constantly this feeling of, I guess, being exhausted or like numb, right? Nothing, you didn't get excited about anything. Even in the private life, you didn't get excited yeah. about the small things. Yeah. So I remember I came in my last job, I had this amazing program, super team, we de delivered great results and I came out feeling this numb feeling, not really being excited about it, but I guess, right, I need to move on to next program. And I went into my boss and he's like, no, there is no programs. Just sit put for the next month. Some kind of reorganization was going on. And I was just, and I just had this crash almost in this void of nothing, right? Asking myself, is, is this what you want to do? So I guess that yeah. triggered and I left to build my own company after almost 23 years in corporates and 15 years in my last job, I just turned my back to it and say, it's it's time to do what I think I always knew I, I'm good at, mm -hmm. but doing something on my own and really trying to build with my own hands something I feel is purposeful and something I feel passionate about. And I know I told you about this, there was this convention where I was invited in to talk. And just before <laughs> I went on stage, I had this oh my God, it's the first time in 23 years that I'm here just as me and not hiding between some company logo where it doesn't yeah. matter how much bullshit you tell, you can always, well, I'm just an employee under that company. And I was standing on the mm -hmm. stage and for the first time in my life ever, I felt I was, I saw my name on there and I saw my company name just below my name. And I, I almost shit my pants. I was like, oh my God, I can't blame anyone else than what, what I'm saying now. So say the right thing, say the right things, right? You are you now. And mm -hmm. oh my God, what a, what a feeling. So yes. yeah, taking, I think that bravery step to sometimes mm -hmm. reflect, are you doing the right things, but also be brave enough to break out and mm -hmm. say anything or nothing but I can't just stay in this numb, exhausting, empty void, right? right. Totally. And I think you totally. probably talk to a trillion people who feel the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting, right? Because I loved how you started and it, it instantly took me back. We were in one of the cafeterias at the company and I was going on and on about some sort of transformational thing and I didn't know what to do and blah, 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 blah. and there were like four or maybe even six of us sitting there all women from all over the world uh, now living in Germany and you kind of like I just remember that your curled hair <laughs> came forward and you were like Nicole look at the facts look at the facts Nicole and I was like oh oh okay and then I went back and I looked at the facts and I was like, I don't want to look at the facts. This is under budgeted, under resourced. It's been tried time and time again, but the same people refuse to make their leadership behavior change. But that stayed with me. And then years later that like, look at the facts, just look at the facts, just put them onto paper and then take your action. Right. Mm -hmm. Years later, I learned about something called the model. It just helps you organize your thoughts and to look at the facts. And the first part of it is circumstance. 
And I now use this a lot for my own life, for my kids, my clients, whatever. And you're hyper specific in the circumstance, which is the first line. And what's so interesting is when people look at the facts, sometimes they realize I'm exhausted, but not because of the facts. And this was my reality. I got paid way more than double six figures. I had amazing benefits, huge reputation, amazing friends at the company. I got to travel all over the world. I had full flexibility. Like the facts were amazing. But then you go into the motto with your thoughts and your feelings. And I was so unhappy. It wasn't because of the situation. It was because of how I felt. And that was enough for me to move. Exactly. Right. And I think that that's what's so powerful with your story is like, look at the facts. And then you said, but I also felt exhausted. Because let's be real. I mean, how many times right now I'm in a place where if someone was like, hey, girl, six weeks, everything will be fine. And then the project, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But you're in this huge, luxurious situation. And it's that's not the right thing. It's time to move. But it's a process, right? I mean, if I think back on the decision to leave and build, it's probably a process which had taken place over many years unconsciously. I didn't know that I had already been leaving for many years because that I think the facts, yes, as you say, many are fortunate enough to be in very great comfort zones. And I got this question a trillion times as I left because I opened my company and five weeks later, the Corona lockdown came and I was like, oh, and let's, (laughs) let's be really specific. So let's be really specific. So Lona has built, which I I really want to, I want to come back to like how you chose this business model, because for me, I was like, yeah, totally. That's her magic. But anyways, she built a in-person co-working space in the center of Heidelberg, Germany. And then five weeks later, for an (laughs) in-person co-working space in Germany, which was super strict, everything got shut down. Everything. Yeah, it's been the most expensive office I've probably ever (laughs) had for myself. (laughs) I was sitting here all alone in my 400 square meter, uh, great, (laughs) beautiful, equipped co-working space with everything you yeah. need but well I mean you have to enjoy that <laughs> and I learned very much in that time a lot about resilience but I also learned a lot about what I call the circle of power I could blame the politics the virus the world some guy yeah. somewhere who ate some animal and that was the reason why the virus came <laughs> I could have blamed yeah. the whole world but I can't influence that. And again, back to the facts, right? I try to concentrate on what is within reach. What can I do to stay sane <laughs> and just touch those things which you actually have an influence in and forget everything else, right? Because it just makes you miserable. It just makes you negative. It just puts you down. But the things you have in reach, which you can do and, and influence, that builds you up because you have the right, I, so I'm doing something. And I guess that was yeah. what saved myself was I went on my bike every day. I rode with my bike to my co-working space. I put on the lights, I put on the coffee machine. Yeah. I sat here until the evening and then I closed everything down and went home. And I did that every day. 
And that was my sanity check. And then, right, even though we weren't supposed to meet, the first day guests came, right? The first co-workers came, the first company closed their, their membership. And then uh-huh. humanity and yep. what we need, the contact with others won over even even a lockdown. And I guess that, yeah. that what I took out of as, as a learning of that as well. Yeah. And when I asked you when we were in person together, first of all, I've been to so many co-working spaces and you know me, like I, I say my feedback. Yes. <laughs> you created the co-working space that is focused on the experience of the individual and it's a specific type of individual, someone who sees their success by lifting up other people. And you can tell in where the coffee's located and how the toilets are set up. You can tell in how the rooms are designed. There is a concept of we are lifting each other together and we are all going to succeed because we're all, and this was the part of our conversation. I'm going to tear up again. I can feel it. When you shared with me, yeah, five weeks in, everything got shut down. My shock question was, oh my God, what'd you do? And your answer was, I turned on the lights every yes. day. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And how many of us, for me, there's just so much bravery in this entire arc, which I think is why you mentioned you were having a hard time putting your thumb like on the most important mm. one. But I think that's why, because having this incredible comfort, lucrative career, which gave so many opportunities, choosing to have a different experience, choosing to follow, quite frankly, your magic girl. I saw your house before you renovated and after you renovated. I saw it. I knew. <laughs> And then facing this crazy situation and saying, nah, I'm going to turn on the lights. Exactly. And the trillion ways or times where you were asked, well, if you had known, would you have stayed in where you were? And I don't even had to consider a millisecond. No, I wouldn't have stayed. It wouldn't have changed anything. I might have decorated it differently in order to right, be able to create more safe places for those one person who really mm-hmm. wanted to to kind of build a plexiglass uh, kind of surrounding around then right. I didn't know that but no I wouldn't have stayed and I would still have done what I did and I think that just told me it was right always trust what it is when you get the time to reflect always trust what it is that you're your mind and your body and your stomach feeling is telling you because it's it's always right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it inspires other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a process and a learning curve, which, right, I wouldn't have been, right, that's a gift. If you can say something good came out of the, the pandemic, I guess, for me personally, that mm-hmm. learning curve where you get to see sides of yourself, which you would probably never have experience in a comfort zone job because you never get to the limits you never get to the edges but in situation like that you you get to the edge and then it's a decision am I still a good polite person even if I'm stressful and I don't know how to pay my bills can I still be a nice person towards other people and I think that's a choice we all have absolutely oh my gosh I a million percent agree a million percent agree and in this process of, so I'm coming into my two years 
So I'm one year and 11 months today. Isn't that crazy? It's almost two years. There have been times where I was like, okay, this client is pulling me into a series of behaviors. I said, so, you know, I, I've shared on my podcast before and I think we knew each other. No, I think it was after we met each other, but I worked for a gentleman who was hyper aggressive. I copied mm -hmm. him and I got a double digit pay increase and a promotion. So I thought that's how people were successful. Well, he then leaves the company and I am completely mm -hmm. exposed because aggressiveness is not how you're successful. Come on, y'all. And <laughs> thankfully, the company sent me to coaching instead of just firing me because I'm pretty sure my behavior deserved it. <laughs> and I just heard somebody that was in that situation with me just like burst into laughter because yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and and so when there were times when I was working with a client in my own business where I noticed this person is pulling towards aggression, I now I need to be brave and have this conversation. And I've actually fired clients because they were not ready to experience an assertive consultant who was kind and collaborative and global and does has zero, zero hesitation in facing racism, like zero. In the United States, this is a huge issue, well, inside the United States, but also outside the United States, and calling people rest of world. No, baby. Uh-uh. They're Belgium. Humans. They have expertise or South African or whatever, right? I have no issue talking about that. So I have fired people. And then I've been like, I have bills to pay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> But I mean, even a co-working space, as you see it, right, we are open to everyone. And I think my belief is if you do co-working well, it's a yes. it's a safe place where you can be diverse, where you can be your authentic you. Mm -hmm. And we have like people on all levels, all industries, all kind of backgrounds, yeah. all kind of looks and colors and right, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. But be able to to find that polite, like room where everybody has a sense of I'm safe here and I don't need to like put a mask on and, and say something because I think he or she would like that. That is maybe the, the takeaway I took for many years in, in especially I think in corporates, probably also in, in middle yes. sizes, but you do to take a mask on and you are pretending to, sometimes pretending to be something which you yeah. think the other person is, yeah. is kind of expecting from you. And that I just right that that doesn't have a room in a in a space yeah. like mine it's here. You work. can't you can't play a mask. Yeah. It's just not yeah. Right. Nobody is. Why would you? Right. We don't give, give a shit. Right. What you need to play for us. We really are mm -hmm. interested in who you are as a person because then the connection, the real true yeah. connection, and, and happens. And for me, safe spaces are where we're holding up the patriarchy. We're holding up the white supremacy. We're holding yes. up this concept of what is right. Whereas brave spaces like what you've created are where mm -hmm. we are holding space for all people and not permitting hurtful behaviors, harmful behaviors yes. to create a safe space for bad behavior. Do you know what I mean? So, and that, and you can yep, feel exactly. in your space, it's designed for people who are lifting each other up through their own success, which becomes shared success, right? 
just, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. thank you for being brave and stepping yeah. into that. Well, thank you. And thank you for stopping yes. by last week. I'm hoping week. that I get there again in August. Yes. Need yes. to get you back. Okay. So speaking of lifting up other people, who is the brave role model that you want to share with us? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I have many brave persons in my life, but I think the bravest is Aww. my mom. Aww. I know your mom, and she is such a wonderful energy, and she insists on people having more cake, yeah. so I'm a fan, like, full fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, yeah, full fan. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom and dad were, I guess, what you can call entrepreneurs as well. They had a, they had a shoe shop, and I grew up in a family where... Like vacation was very rare. And when we went on vacation, we were talking about <laughs> the shop all the time. And I have to like often think back to, oh my God, am I doing the same to my kids? <laughs> am I just repeating? But my mom was this stable, or right, as kids was this stable mm -hmm. size, always kind of right, making sure the platform which we were growing on kind of had what we needed to do. And my dad was this very extrovert, loved a lot of people, talked. You, you were never, you always knew when he was in the room. And I guess she was right, getting maybe a little bit in the shadow of him because she's, she's not an extrovert person, more an introvert. So she was kind of stepping the bat. So in 1979, my, my dad died of lung cancer. Oh, and what I experienced with my mom was that from that time, she had to almost learn to, to stand on her own kind of right two feet and not in the shadow of somebody who would just do it for her. And we sold, while after he died, we sold the shop. She sold our childhood house. She moved away and she literally started all over. New friends, new home, new city, new oh thing to do whole new life. I can't remember what it's called in English, but these there is this these toys where you 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 hit it and oh, then it yeah, comes up. Oh yeah, Jack in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you hit it and they just flip up again. And and that's my mom. <laughs> you flip it her down and she just well, I'm up here again. Oh, do you mean those wobble I things? There is they're so like much... the little oh yeah. Yeah, what are they're they round. Yeah, they're round and you flip but it. They're so yeah, I don't fun know for toddlers. <laughs> stand-up yeah. persons I don't know stand-up <laughs> things <laughs> I think there is so much I'm really trying not to cry yeah. <laughs> because it's my but um my my mom is is uh, when you would look up in my world then the word brave that would that would be my mom that would be a picture of her because she constantly kind of shows even when kind of what she's always said his death was like cutting off her right arm, right? She was literally handicapped after that. She felt handicapped. But since then, she's just been building her own life as she's living it today. And she's right yeah. doing, I don't know, yoga and gymnastic and have people in her life I've never met and <laughs> right? travels down to visit us. And she's still like going strong. And I, right, I would, I would hope that. I would be like this when I get older. 
if something like that or god forbid it yeah. would happen yeah oh my gosh yeah. as you're telling that story like my heart is just really very very warm and it also reminds me you guys had purchased and completely renovated a home in a little village and one does that and then stays in germany that's the culture and it wasn't working mm. for your family anymore and you guys made a that's bold true. move and it was bold. Yeah. It was like, well, from the outside, it was like, boom, boom, and moving forward. Yeah. And now I get that. You had an incredible role model who built yeah. a life that served her and her children and therefore yes. the world. And then, I mean, she worked full time. Don't forget that. Right. We always forget that often, but I know where I, I've worked always full time, even as my kids yeah. came, because that's for me a, a very normal and reflecting back on that. All right. She's been amazing role model. We never yeah. missed anything. Right. Mm -hmm. We knew that even if she was working her butt off, which she probably did all mm -hmm. the time, we never missed out on anything. Right. We were always driven somewhere. We always had what we needed and we were always loved. And I think that is Right in that discussion, and Nicole, you know that even in, in Germany, it's often a discussion between career or family. Yeah. And I've never understood that as a Dane, yeah. right? I've never yeah. understood that. Why are we discussing choices? Mm -hmm. But probably I have a lot to thank my mom for to yeah. to show that it's it's possible Absolutely. and you don't have to miss out on anything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were two themes that led us to leaving Germany. I had no intention of ever leaving Germany. And then I became a mom who is also an incredibly ambitious person and is dangerous when I'm bored. <laughs> when Pete Roberts said that to me, he's like, no, 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 no. You're dangerous when you're bored. It was like my whole soul lit up. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I am. <laughs> and tried many, many different avenues. And it was that this cultural construct, this mental construct, but then also how schools are set up, et cetera. It just got to the point with another theme in our life around, you know, services and mental health and things like that, where we made the incredibly painful, it was truly painful. It was so painful mm. to leave Germany. Yeah. And we moved mm. there in 2016, which for a foreign family, super fun. That was real fun. Great timing. Talk about resiliency, right? <laughs> But yeah, that topic of like the expectation of what's a possibility for them mm. and to do it well, to do it all with heart and with soul and well is something that now I look at other people doing things and I just think, okay, that isn't necessarily what I want to be doing with my time right now or with my skills. But I know I was undervalued. And so I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to say, if that is what your soul is calling you towards, your intuition, the facts, mm -hmm. then yeah, let's, let's figure out how to do this. Because you yes. can. Because you can. You have that dream because you can. And then you'll exactly. figure it out. You know, there's a saying that someone gave me recently, which is, no amount of failure will stop me from figuring this out. I mean, mm. your story is just the embodiment of that. And when we live in that kind of mindset, it's true. 
but you're speaking me directly into my heart around failure is oh my god we need so much failure more <laughs> failure culture and attitude in the whole world not not being afraid of of taking these steps and i think look at our yeah. kids they're looking at us yeah. right looking at mom and dad and who else and mm -hmm. If we are just these perfect, trying to be these perfect, errorless persons, we're not doing them shit, right? It's, right. They yeah. need to learn that it's fine. And I think even in the Absolutely. process around, right, the difficult time with the coronavirus coming in and building the, I've sat down at dinner tables and cried in the evening and mm -hmm. said, Jesus, I'm, right, am I strong enough yeah. to do this, right? And my kids is just like, yeah. oh my God, thank you for, yeah. right, I can... I can comfort you and it's fine and we will yeah. get through this. And I had yep. these small personal coaches at home. Yeah. And that is so important that life is not just this perfect place. It it has ups and downs. And it it is just so important that we that we don't cover it up yes. as we're raising horrible persons. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Watching my mom because my mom was also a single mom. And there was this one time where she got really ill. She got sent to the hospital and she had built this incredible sales practice up and the people stole it from her. And while she was in the hospital and you know, in the U S that we're talking like maybe two weeks, she was gone and they divvied up the practice that she had built oh, wow. in comparison to other places in our life were, was very profitable. And she shared that story with me openly about why she now had to make these hard decisions and why we were going to live in this place. And at the time, people were like, oh, you can't tell your daughter that. You can't, you know. And there were times when it probably would have been best that I didn't know all the details. Let's be real. <laughs> but at the same time, that story does give me strength to follow and to take the risk and to know that I can figure it out, but building something up so that it can be stolen, I'm not going to continue to work there as an example. Exactly. And so I do share things with my kids as well when things aren't going well, or I, you know, I can't go to that thing because now I have a pitch opportunity and I'm going to be pitching, or I'm going to choose to go to your thing and miss this pitch opportunity because you are so important to me, that kind of thing. But as the grown-up whose mom did share that kind of stuff with me, it does matter. Mm -hmm. It does it matter. It does matter. Mm -hmm. It does. Oh, yeah. Generational love. I love oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but we still don't want to live with them, right? <laughs> uh, no. 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 I think it's, it's this concept of like, it takes a village to raise the children is yeah. so true. And I just like to remind people that villages have multiple houses in them. <laughs> I'm all in for that. <laughs> oh. Oh ah, gratitude and boundaries. <laughs> yes, yes. Boundaries. Important, important oh, topic. Build your boundaries. Well, Lona, so I am so <laughs> grateful for you sharing that story and the arc because you are still in the arc. I really hope that there's a continued growth of your presence because what you're offering specifically in the Heidelberg area is so unique 
and having been in various places and various co-working spaces, creating that environment is, is truly a gift and it does change people's experiences, their mindsets. So I'm really, Aww, I'm going to say something very, you. very kooky. Ready? I'm very proud of you. Very proud of you. <laughs> oh thank you oh that means so yes. much coming from someone and thank like you for you. kicking me in the butt a few times throughout my career oh my god when I got real negative <laughs> Luna was like nah moving on butt kick uh. <laughs> uh, okay so how can people learn more about Tink Tink oh how can they think learn about you how can they follow you I'm like literally on all social media, right? <laughs> I have had to learn that as well. So yes, I'm on LinkedIn. My company is on LinkedIn. Uh, my company is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, and obviously websites and everything. So stop by. Everybody's welcome to stop by anytime. No need to book anything. Mm -hmm. The Germans are still working on on right trying to figure out how that is, not book something in advance and just stop by, but um, we will get yes, the Germans there will. as well. Yes, we will. All right. Yeah, and definitely follow. Yeah. There's been some really cool activity around digital, the digital world, the digital economy that was very valuable. Yes. So yes. even if you're not in Germany and you're not going to pop by this year... Put it on your list of things to do, but also follow online and, and you're already going to get benefit. <sighs> yeah. Well, oh. thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for, yeah, for just putting me on the spot here as you were. So next week, Thursday, be there. Okay, Nicole, I am. <laughs> you kicked my butt as well. <laughs> All right. And with that, take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. If you're ready to build your brave, to live a life you love and create a career that matters to you reach out. Together, we can spend time one-on-one -on -one to explore how I can help you. And until then, share this episode with people in your life, people who can join our movement to redefine brave, how we identify it, experience it, and celebrate it.